1: You were made to be a joyful mama, to have a heart that is thriving, not striving. And we want to help you step into the fullness of all you were created to become. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Joyful Mama Show. It's Sarah and Liz coming to you this week. I'm in Michigan and it is like my thermometer on my car said 90 degrees when it was parked in the sun. Whoa. I don't even know what's happening. It was we just had a snowstorm two weeks ago. It feels like.
0: Yeah, it's similar here in Illinois. Not quite ninety, but it like we've got sunburns from being outside yesterday.
1: Yeah, we were at the lake, Lake Michigan. It was gorgeous. So when I lived in Texas, we used to drive like six hours to get to Galveston, Mm -hmm. and it was four hours, but with kids, it was six. And the lake here is better than the ocean i'm just going to say it <laughs> it's better than the ocean really? in galveston texas i said what i said <laughs> okay wait why is it better well it's just cleaner it's prettier um you feel like you're looking at the ocean and when you're looking at lake michigan like there doesn't feel there's not a distinguishable difference when you're looking at it and the waves mm-hmm. and the sand and the beach So, yeah, I just feel super blessed to be living here, even though it's so hot all of a sudden, it feels like we just skipped spring. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it work because we're in Michigan, (laughs) not Texas, (laughs) (laughs) because that Texas heat is about to kill me. (laughs) So before we get started with our episode for today, first and foremost, I think our listeners and me would like an update on the sourdough
0: bread dang it you didn't even warn me well (laughs) I thought I killed it after making one loaf I made a loaf forgot to feed it it got this like layer of stuff on the top and I was like oh shoot I had it a week and I killed this I killed the starter and so I'm frantically you know like googling did I kill my sourdough starter (laughs) apparently it's hard to kill a sourdough starter. There are things you can do to resuscitate a apparently dead starter. Okay. Um, so I did those things. Took the measures that were outlined before me. Saw some bubbles, which are signs of life. Put it in the fridge because we were gone for the weekend. And to tell you the truth, I haven't gone to check it since <laughs> we got back. <laughs> so I did get on Amazon and I ordered a new like like the. Cast iron thing with a lid that has the enamel, which are supposed to be the perfect thing to bake the sourdough in, and then I got these proofing baskets where the which are the perfect thing to rise the sourdough in. So I did all this stuff. Yeah, the jerk <laughs> out. I'll have to go check after we're done recording and see if I. What I've read is that it can live in the fridge for a while.
1: So you're just here to test that theory because it's Thursday, and <laughs> Dude, it is so that means it's been in there for a week alone
0: alone no stirring no feeding no nothing so I'm just gonna see if that girl on Pinterest was right (laughs) can it stay in the fridge for a week I'll let you know Um, this is great yeah it's the real life I had really high hopes and dreams and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, the good news is I do have a backup plan. I've talked to some of my, you know, black market sourdough sources. Mm-hmm. And they're like, if you do kill it, we got you. We can yes. start over. So it won't be the end of my sourdough road. <laughs> this No, <laughs> first- <So> rough. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a movie or like a country song oh my goodness yeah it does it does <laughs> I did go to a dairy farm today so even if I did kill my sourdough I still feel like a good homeschool mom homesteading homeschool mom because I went to a dairy farm today
1: oh wait are you calling yourself a homesteading mom now <laughs> because of
0: it's the sourdough only when we're talking about sourdough <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yep. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for the update. Mm -hmm. This is very important stuff. New testament that we're doing. Real life. (laughs) The real
0: the real life. And had I known you were going to ask, I probably would have like set a reminder on my phone to check on it, which I should probably do at least every other day or something.
1: Well, this episode is about honesty. So I'm going to say in all honesty, go ahead and set that reminder right now while I'm giving the intro. (laughs)
0: Gonna
1: do it. (laughs) And to be quite honest about what's happening with me right now at this podcast, I'm sitting, I was just sitting with my phone, which I record on, on a bed full of my family's piles of laundry. Um, but I've since moved my phone to the bedside table in our guest bedroom, because what better place to record a podcast mm-hmm. than up against a wall in between a bed and a closet. Mm-hmm. So again, really. can't think of a better place. Um, but yes, yeah, today we are talking about Honesty and really the difficulty of being honest. And we don't just mean like telling lies to people that you're, you know, a little white liar. You look good when you don't look good, <laughs> whatever. That's hard too, though. That is hard. We're talking we're mostly talking about the importance of being honest with yourself and the people that you are in close proximity with. I have found in my life that being honest. With myself about what I'm really feeling, what's really happening, what I really want, how my business is really doing is one of the hardest things imaginable to be honest with yourself, because it's super scary to be honest with yourself. And many, many, many people go through life lying to themselves about what they really want, what they really need. They lie to the people around them. They say things are no big deal when they are a big deal. They say they are fine when they're not fine. They pretend they don't need anything when they need tons of things. This happens in our marriages. This happens in friendships. This happens in every relationship we have. It is so easy to lie and even to over-spiritualize the lying because it can feel like. Mm-hmm. More godly to stuff your own emotions down and not actually say what you need or say what's true mm-hmm. and what's like truly be going selfless. on. Yeah, like it's being selfless mm-hmm. to not talk about your needs or wants or desires or like what you're really feeling. If you're feeling anger or sadness or depression or anxiety, these things that, you know, would maybe make someone else feel something that you don't want them to feel because that would make the whole dynamic of the relationship change. Or a lot of times I know personally, I've kept things inside because I need to be the strong one in the moment. Maybe even my husband, if he's going through something emotional, I have to keep my own emotions down because I can't handle his emotions being all over the place and mine being all over the place. It can even be really hard to handle someone else's honesty. And someone else telling you how they feel and what they're really thinking, like all these things are really, really important to relationships, being an adult and being emotionally mature and spiritually mature. I mean, it's, it can be easier to teach our kids to be honest without doing it ourselves, but to authentically teach our kids to be honest Mm -hmm. and actually be honest ourselves is a very hard Mm -hmm. thing to do. So yeah, we just want to have a conversation about that today and just to encourage you to step into being truthful and maybe a way you haven't been truthful before. You know, we've been talking about even the relationship of men's and women's roles in their marriages. And we talked about how messy it can be and how hard it can be to have these kinds of conversations with your husband when you want something to change, or you're not happy with the way things are. Mm -hmm. It requires honesty. And potential conflict. And those things can be really scary. Well, I just really agree with you
0: that it really does start with permission to acknowledge how we actually feel and what we actually want, what we like, what we don't like. Um, I think for many, many years, I just wanted to not stir the pot, not rock the boat. I just wanted to be agreeable. Like, Mm -hmm. I just want to kind of be easy. I just want to be easy. So like there, (laughs) there are Coke people and there are Pepsi people. Okay. If you're a soda person, I try now that I have topo Chico in my life, I am much less of a Coke (laughs) person, but if it's between Coke and Pepsi, like hands down a thousand percent Coke. And I used to, like, if I was at a restaurant and I would order a Coke and they'd be like, is Pepsi? Okay. I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, that's fine. Because I didn't want to hurt their feelings or something. Like the waitress is like somehow attached to me not liking Pepsi. And then I would like drink the Pepsi and the whole time, like really just wish it was Coke. And it was like, okay, but it really wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is like a silly example, but (laughs) I think this is like a habit that starts at like such a micro level. Like, okay, if you could just, Elizabeth, say no, Pepsi is not okay with me. And, and not have like an attachment to how I really this sounds so silly to say it out loud, but like to be OK with the waitress, maybe having like a moment of not knowing what to say mm-hmm. and how to respond to me saying, no, Pepsi's actually not OK, because I know she's expecting me to be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. So I want to do what's expected and mm-hmm. make it easy on her. But that the the price is then I'm not getting something I really want to drink. Like, would I really rather just have water than Pepsi? Yeah, but I don't want her to feel bad that she doesn't have Coke for me. It's (laughs) a silly example, but I I think that at the very beginning of walking through this journey of like being totally honest with others, especially the people closest to us, using our voice to say like, hey, when you did that, it hurt me. Hey, when you didn't do that, like it felt like this. Hey, when... (laughs) Um, when you say this, this way, this is how it feels. And, uh-huh. and then being willing to be in like that messiness that comes after you start, you start being honest and stirring the pot a little bit, not for the sake of stirring the pot, but for the sake of authenticity and honesty. But I, it really, I think does start with, I, for me as someone who struggled with people pleasing, like wanting to be a people pleaser for so many years, I had to start with just like, Elizabeth, what do you want? What do you like? What do you not like? How does it feel when this happens? And <laughs> it's okay to speak up when something is hurt. You know, throughout my whole story, my life, <clears throat> I can see the, the the times when I didn't use my voice and I was afraid of hurting someone's feelings and I just wanted to go with the flow. It it spirals into this web of, you know, it's kind of like that one degree difference. Like I didn't say anything. I just wanted to be quiet. So there wasn't conflict. I didn't say anything. I just wanted to be quiet. So there wasn't, you know, no one's feelings were hurt or there wasn't a fight or there wasn't whatever. And then that like one degree, if you keep going on that path, it's one degree off of the beginning over a number of months and years, all of a sudden you're in this like crazy world where it's like, how did I end up here? Mm. How did I get married to a person who treats me like this, you know, in my first marriage. Well, it started with me just not speaking up and saying anything when things were hurtful. Or if I did say something and it caused a fight or there was a reaction I didn't like, then just thinking, well, I'm just going to deal with it internally. I'll figure Mm -hmm. it out. So it's a really big deal. It's a really big deal that we do it so that we can empower our kids to do it as well, to know what they feel, to be honest themselves and then to communicate that in an honoring way with the people that they're in relationship with. Uh Because of course, I don't want them to repeat the mistakes that I've made and the history that I've lived and endured through that in many ways they had to pay a price for as well. Uh Um, That it's worth the conflict and it's worth the disruption and the status quo to be honest with yourself and with your people.
1: Yeah. We've talked about control many times and the conversation of learning to have self-control rather than trying to control in a negative way, trying to control the things around you. And I think some of us are, you know, we're really aware of the times we're trying to control a situation or make someone do something we want them to, or make a, make a situation happen in the way we want it to, or like, we're really aware of that, but there's that sneaky way control sneaks up on us which is when we don't say something we want because we're trying to control someone else's emotions, someone else's reactions. Mm -hmm. We don't want any, we don't want the fallout. We don't want anything negative to happen. We want to keep our world as peaceful as possible. And it's really like a survival thing. Like Mm -hmm. we don't want our world to fall apart. And so we will do what it takes to keep it together. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we, We have these survival mechanisms that we've carried with us for a long time. And it's getting to that place where, you know, I'm okay if there is fallout and I have to deal with the chaos that ensues Mm -hmm. because it is a very empowering thing to be an honest person. And it's a very empowering thing to use your voice and to feel like Mm -hmm. in an honoring way, I've used my voice and I'm not using it to bring someone down. I'm just trying to be honest about how I feel Mm -hmm. for me in my marriage. That's always been really easy for me Mm -hmm. because I am, um, I'm not afraid of conflict in my marriage, like the relationships, even as a teenager, I fought with my parents. Well, specifically my dad, all the time, like Mm -hmm. I was not afraid of conflict in my family dynamic because that felt like it was a safe place to have conflict.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but my husband was not like that. And so even having to create a safe place over the years for him to be honest with me and then take whatever he's saying and not get defensive and mm-hmm. like that's a really hard place too is like to to be open and able to have other people be honest with you. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Specifically thinking of my teenage daughters, I'm like, I've tried to to be the safe place for them to address things. And then when they address the things like, Hey, when you said that, that way, mom, it (laughs) felt like this. I'm like, ouch. Okay. All right. I'm going to sit in that and not react and not be offended. You're using, you're knowing how you feel and you're using your voice. Good job. (laughs) But it's so beautiful. Like the thing, You said this a couple of minutes ago, like we're trying to protect our peace, but it's a false peace Mm -hmm. when we're not honest. And it's like, you're building on shaky, a shaky foundation. Like you're building on sand, like at any moment, you know, a storm's going to come and things are going to get wiped out. And it's not the kind of relationship that stands trials when you're not sharing all the things Mm -hmm. and when you're withholding truth and withholding all of you. You know, like mm-hmm. the the strongest relationships are the one where there's total trust and total transparency, and you're able to just be you. And even like in our relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, when I've gone through when when I lost my brother, I remember feeling like so disappointed with mm-hmm. God, like that he how this wasn't how the story was supposed to end. How could you let this happen? And how good it felt to just say those things to Him. Like, I feel like you let me down. You like, I've prayed for him for all these years. I thought he was going to be delivered from addiction. I thought he was going to live like a long and whole and healthy life. And overdose wasn't supposed to be how the story ended. And I knew it wasn't something that God did. And yet I felt this betrayal, like, Mm. well, you, you could have done something to intervene, like, but having the ability to voice those things. And just be kind of held in that moment. And even in, you know, like my, my marriage now and in friendships and relationships with my kids, it's like true peace comes when you are honest and then they're still there.
1: Mm, those are bonds. You can't break those bonds. That's like true intimacy with people mm-hmm. too. I remember one time someone was praying over me and she just stopped in the middle of praying, and she said, I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you, you rock the boat, but you rock the boat in a good way. And mm-hmm. it felt like God just like seeing and saying, Yes, to Sarah, use your voice, use like what I've given you, don't hold back, rock the boat. Like mm-hmm. the boat's meant to be rocked sometimes, the pot needs to be stirred. Things can't stay the way they are. They're not okay the way they are, but we're pretending they're okay, or mm-hmm. you know. In our churches, we do this, in our relationships, at work, in our businesses, in our parenting, in all these ways. So today, I guess we just want to encourage you guys to go ahead and have a difficult conversation. Say something that needs to be said, create a moment for it, and get the person in a comfortable (laughs) (laughs) space where it's not an attack and it's not, you know their defenses aren't just immediately up because you're yelling at them or something. <laughs> don't do it in an yes. argument. If you can help it sometimes mm-hmm. though things come out, but um, I think more than anything, we want to empower you guys to be authentic and true and have your voice and use it and not be afraid of what will happen when you actually stand as a daughter of God, mm-hmm. when you actually stand as his child and in the authority he's given you.
0: One of the most important things that we can teach our kids and that many of us who are, you know, kind of trailblazing for our generation and future generations, what it looks like to live authentically, you know, in submission to the Lord and also true to ourselves, true to the identity that he gives us. And he doesn't want us to be passive, weak, weak, go with the flow. Like I think that there's just a lot that rides on this with how we're raising up our children and um, teaching them how to use their voice powerfully and honor- in an honoring way, like you said. And um, yeah, so we would just love to hear from you guys how, how you're doing this in your homes, if it's something that you have wrestled with, um, practical ways that you're just learning to be honest with yourself and honest with the people that you love. And the freedom that comes with that, it's ultimately of freedom uh-huh. and, and, and true intimacy and true peace, not like the, the pretend peace.
1: Thanks for listening. We love you guys. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. To get our free heart-centered homeschooling ebook, or to book a breakthrough call about homeschooling or business with Sarah, visit the links in the description of this podcast. Also, we always want to hear your questions or ideas for new podcasts, so do please slide into our DMs on Instagram or post in our Facebook group. We would love to hear from you.